Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Welcome to Tools to Ready the Journey, a conversation to help prepare and support young men for fatherhood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Tools to Ready the Journey, a father's guide to a faith-filled family. I'm Bill Snyder, and as always, I am joined by Ray Haywood, the author of this uh, book. It's a beautiful book. We hope that you have enjoyed uh, reading it with us and uh, being a part of our book study. It's hard to believe that uh, today we're going to be discussing chapter 13, which is the final chapter, not the final podcast and not the final uh, words written in the book. Uh, so uh, we're going to be discussing the final chapter today, uh, chapter 13. Uh, it is God's grace in the faith-filled family. Uh, which is just a beautiful chapter, and uh, that's what we're going to discuss today. Uh, but I, but I want to remind you uh, to head over to the website because if you've been blessed by this, uh, you need to share it with uh, a friend now. At this point, it's time to share this podcast with a friend. It's very easy to do. Um, tell them about this ministry. Tell them about the book. Pass the book on to somebody else or uh, get an additional copy uh, for, for a friend. Um, it is very easy to get it. All you have to do is head over to trjfathersguide.com. All the information is there. Uh, head right over there and grab yourself an additional copy for a friend. Take this journey uh, and pass this journey along to somebody else. Uh, so thank you uh, so much for being with us and tuning in uh, today, uh, no matter where you're listening from. Uh, Ray, it's, it's great to be with you uh, again, brother. Thank you so much for, for being here along this journey. Absolutely, Brother Bill. We are truly shouldering up in fellowship today. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I really cannot believe it's, you know, chapter 13. I was uh, kind of whistling the tune, uh, The Final Countdown by Europe, uh, before uh, before we got on the air here, because uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's the final countdown. We're coming down to the close of this book. So, um, you know, here we are uh, getting ready to to to. Uh, you know, wrap things up. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. And, um, you know, although we're going to have a discussion today, I would like to tell our listeners that this chapter needs to be read to be fully personally owned. Wouldn't you say, Bill? 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it really goes without saying uh, that every chapter in this book, you need to read it. But this one in particular, Ray, I think definitely, in order to own it, in order to understand it, you've got to flip open the pages and read the book. (laughs) Yes, so chapter 13, God's grace in the faith-filled family. I'd like to start off our chapter 13 discussion of God's grace in a faith-filled family by sharing the highlights of what this chapter scratches at and provide simple and easy to use and understand answers in that will forever be sown into the hearts and wills of the morally intentional journeyman who has gathered his tools together along with us as we've journeyed through the book. This culminating chapter should bring the square in chapter one and the spirit level of chapter 13 together in our toolbox of the heart for we are now squarely on the way in the spirit at this moment in time within the universal church so here are the highlights of what this chapter will provide simple answers in for the intentional journeyman i'm going to say again simple answers uh this chapter will truly and squarely place you on your way so um What's shared? The highlights, the new covenant, the sacraments, the body of Christ, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, free will, our souls, faithfully departed, eternal rest, universal church, salvation, objective truth, and most importantly, simple answers on how to understand the five covenants of the old testament and how we are now the chosen people in the new covenant in the new testament that we all share in now through the passion of jesus christ our redeemer a lot simply covered in this chapter bill what jumped out at you uh you know there's so many things in this chapter uh and 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 it really is beautiful as you as you went through and highlighted it i really encourage the reader to go back and and read the chapter for themselves and and especially look at the uh covenants uh that that you highlight in here because it truly is beautiful how how you go through uh the different covenants of the old testament and of course the new covenant that jesus made with us but one of the things that i want to point out in here is uh, one of the lines that you wrote in the book, Ray, and I think it's uh, very, very, very insightful uh, for for kind of uh, the the battle that men are facing in in the world today to become good holy men and good holy fathers and good holy husbands. Um, and uh, you write, it's on page 104, uh, doubt and apathy are two stumbling blocks that the world casts before us. Um, And then you go on to say, if we constantly doubt the truth of the church, or we do not care to seek the truth, then we allow ourselves to be duped. And that is a very powerful line, and it's one that jumped out and stuck with me. Um, And the reason for it is because I've seen, um, as a a youth minister in the church and somebody who has worked in parish ministry for uh, over 10 years, especially with young men and young teenagers, um, that that truly is the um, two biggest things that young men struggle with, that young people struggle with, uh, is doubt and apathy. The world constantly puts that before 
young men. Doubt and, and apathy. Um, yes. And and the 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 question that I would ask young men that came to me that you know let, let me just tell you a, a story about how our diocese is structured uh, out here in Milwaukee. So I grew up in Philadelphia. I was confirmed in sixth grade. Um, I don't know when you were confirmed, Ray, but uh, I, I would imagine it's earlier, you know, or than than high school, right? Yes. Yeah. Seventh grade. Se- seventh grade. So I was confirmed in sixth grade. Ray was confirmed in seventh grade. You know, we we maybe didn't have the full intention to go and and do that. I I I know it was just kind of pushed along and you know received a sacrament. Um, but but here in our diocese in Milwaukee, uh, the archbishop asks that uh, no one under the age age of sixteen is confirmed. So you're not allowed if you are not sixteen years old. Uh, you cannot get confirmed in this diocese. You have to be at least sixteen. Uh, that typically means that you're a high school junior. Uh, most parishes here do not um, do do not uh, confirm until the junior year of high school to make sure that everyone has hit their sixteenth birthday. So, um, a lot of parents, you know, good parents, want their children to receive sacraments. So, what do they do? They bring them to religious head classes and and uh, confirmations and whatnot. But those kids don't always come willingly. You know, uh, sometimes kids have missed uh, years of confirmation uh, prep or you know years of religious ed, but they still want to get confirmed, or their parents want them to get confirmed. And um, my my very first year in ministry, I had a student um, who who uh, really did not want to get confirmed. I mean, he did not want to get confirmed at all. Uh, and and his mom. Uh, really wanted him to get confirmed, and, and uh, she worked for the parish that I was working in, and so he was kind of stuck. Um, but he was completely apathetic, and he was completely doubting that 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 God, um, you know, was real, and, and he just didn't care. Um, and for for whatever reason, he, um, you know, would shut down in class. He wouldn't participate. He wouldn't talk. Um, you know, and and finally uh, on. On the confirmation retreat, you know, which is, you know, even worse for kids that don't want to be there, you know, they have to go on a mandatory retreat in this diocese in order to be confirmed. And, you know, typically these things are the whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, you know, for teens that don't want to be there, people that, you know, are completely apathetic or doubting that God exists, it's, it, it, it could be the worst weekend of, of somebody's life, uh, you know, it, in in their mind anyway it's a it's a great weekend and it's a it's a huge blessing because uh, god works miracles uh in many many lives but 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 for somebody who doesn't care they're, they're just stuck there so finally um on this retreat weekend uh i what i did was i uh you know through the through the fellowship of ministering over the course of a weekend uh i i finally just you know kind of buddied up to this kid and I and I said to him hey listen here's your chance all right here's your chance to own your faith you know you can you can decide right now you know whether you're going to live this or you're not going to live this and you can uh come here with all your questions and your doubts and your issues and your problems and I, and I I'm not in any way judging you. If 
if you think I'm some holier-than-thou person who's going to judge you, I'm not here to do that. But but take the opportunity to own your faith this weekend and give me your doubts and give me your fears and give me your apathy for the next 72 hours. And I promise it won't be boring. I promise it won't be games. I promise we'll be real. And you can ask me as many questions as you want. And this kid looked at me and he was like, what? He finally saw that, okay, I wasn't pretending to be somebody that, you know, I, I was trying to be, you know, in, in front of his mom or, you know, a parish staff member. I was just trying to be a real person with him. And, and you know, um, there was not any miraculous transformation in him. He didn't care anymore uh, about getting confirmed by the time he was eventually confirmed. Um, he he kind of went through a very rote understanding, but uh, there was a respect that he had that that after that, there was a respect that he had for for me, and um, he knew that I was authentic, and I have the hope in knowing that that at least I took away some of some of the doubt that all people who are religious or all people who are practicing their faith are are inauthentic um so i uh i just leave you with that story uh as as kind of a way to to show you what we're battling up against um and that those two things doubt and apathy will will always be in front of you. You will always be tempted to just say, I don't care, I'm out of here. You know, we have that mentality as human beings, what is in it for me and what is in it for me right now? And if we don't have that instant gratification met, what is in it for me right now? Then it's like, I don't care. Um, And that doubt is the same thing. Uh, you know, doubt can creep in. You know, the world will say, hey, you know what? God really isn't real. God really is just a big pretender. God really is, you know. And and so when you start looking at this chapter, you know, and you start looking at these covenants, you see that God is not a pretender. You see that God is real. You see what he has done and what he continues to do and how he does it through his Catholic Church. And that is a beautiful, beautiful um thing that Ray highlights in this chapter. That's the reason why he said you got to read it, you know, Um, because there is a beautiful way to show you that doubt and apathy, the the two biggest things that we come against up up against in our society, those two biggest things can be dispelled if you really take to heart this chapter. So that's what stuck out to me, Ray. Ray, Sorry for the long-winded discussion with myself, but... (laughs) You know, I no, just wanted to share uh, that story. I, I feel everything that you're saying, and um, I just want to share that uh, doubt and apathy uh, is very much inherent uh, by living in and of this world. And if we don't have people like yourself who reach into us along our journey, you reached into that young boy. you know. And th- those moments of people reaching in is what gives him this steadfast you know, movement within his life to, to want to seek out truth. 
And seeking out truth is so confusing. And that's why chapter 13 is so important, because we in chapter 13, it gives the foundational information that you need to step on as a foundation to move forward from within what I always say, the measure in which we measure. So, you know, um, seeking out truth is confusing in itself. The doubt and apathy that is in our lives is intentional. And we have to separate our physical lives and our spiritual lives so that we can discern the two and then mesh them together. Because if we try to approach our spiritual and physical lives as one, we'll never be able to step away from either because that's just the way it is. We have to work at our humanity and we have to work within our humility to find the the courage to even take steps towards yeah. thinking the contrast that this world has. I mean, what you and I are sharing that is, is, is confusing in itself. But when you read this chapter and you understand the baseline, it gives a baseline. Yeah. Uh, for for people to spring off of. It's a springboard, yes. baseline. Yes. It's a beautiful chapter. Um, it was built up within the other chapters to lead the intentional, morally intentional journeyman to the place where he's at. You know, he's got all the tools now. So, um, all right, let's continue. Yeah. This chapter strengthens and fortifies all of the previous chapters together in the language that this book has thought-provokingly brought into awareness made confident. It focuses on what it looks like to humbly give authority back to our Heavenly Father in seeking out objective truth of what His will for His children truly looks like. In seeking out this awareness, we humbly find that our faith is ours to own, yet it requires effort in disciplined obedience fueled by an exercised free will to sustain and endure all of the stumbling blocks of living in and of this world. It shares quite a contrast to our spoon-fed, instant gratification secular society. With all of this being said, we still get to share in moments of grace during our first efforts because our hearts are transparent to our Father's loving reflection. It shares that our there are no coincidences and that we must recognize moments of grace as God's as God incidences uh, are seen and we must not dismiss them. First efforts of moments of grace is what we're sharing, Bill, and how when we just take those first steps, we start to be filled with the spirit, you know. We don't realize that the spiritual world is around us, but it very much is so for someone who owns their own faith. You know, just that statement right there. For someone who doesn't have an own faith, they would think I'm a crazy person to say something like that. But just in our first efforts, if we truly look for the signs and and, and we communicate in our own language, then it becomes very apparent that we're not alone here, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, I, I think one of the one of the big things that I talk about, um, especially in um, 
different radio shows and, and things with, with all kinds of evangelists, especially in the charismatic renewal. Um, I'll just bring this in real quick. Um, is the, the, the beautiful thing that when we begin to seek God, God is the ultimate man of, of romance. I mean, God is a romantic God. I mean, all you got to do is take a look at uh, the, the book of Song of Songs, uh, and, and you're going to see the romance that God has for us. And um, like all relationships, like every relationship, uh, you know, God is, God is human like us, Jesus. He came in the flesh. And, and therefore, um, Jesus is the ultimate gentleman, ultimate gentleman. And uh, with that being said, um, when you begin to seek out a relationship with God, just, just like we do in our earthly relationships, um, God uses that time of um, romance, that time of the, the word infatuation is very bad to use. You know, it, it's not infatuation. But he uses that, that time of ooey-gooey love um, and grace to hook us, to show us how great he is. And, and that is, you know, kind of in all aspects of our life uh, as humans, right? When we enter into a dating relationship, when we enter into uh, something like that, there's always that period of time when we have a special grace of looking at the other person with fresh eyes and discovering the newness and discovering that is so beautiful. And those moments of grace that are given in our relationship with God as we begin to make that first effort to seek him and to love him and to know him with that whole heart are so beautiful. I mean, I can point in my relationship to, with God to those moments. I, I, I can repoint to those moments and, you know, some of us in the charismatic renewal uh, have different terms for that, and I, and I don't want to confuse listeners by, by bringing those terms in right now. But the, the idea is that that moment in which we encounter God or see God af- as we seek Him for the very first time is something so special. And we, w- what we don't want to do is dismiss them. We don't want to do is dismiss that. It's a very special grace. And Amen. as you continue on in your relationship, just like all other relationships, Ray, you've been married for, for, for many years. I've been married for just a few months. Um, but, but you can see that that changes over, over time. It, you know, it, it, it develops, it deepens, it grows, um, and it pushes us closer to uh, the sacrificial love of, of the cross for one another. Um, and that's what Jesus does. But, but treasure those moments of beautiful grace. Treasure those moments of, of that first seeking out. Because, man, it's so beautiful. When we share in loving relationships, we actually want to share them with the people that we love. So when we share in, in an own faith of love of our spirituality, uh, we want to share that with our family. Um, it's not something that's pressed on them or forced upon them. It's not something that we uh, 
put requirements into. It's more a reflection of love. My children see my love for my faith. They step closer to their faith through me. Just the same way I step closer to my faith through my relationship with my Heavenly Father. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yes. So um, chapter 13 is written to bring simple answers to awareness of how we have come to now all be sharing in our foundation of faith, the new covenant and sacramental teachings of the universal church handed on to us again all in the redeeming sacrifice of our living God. It shares in a very easy to understand way how the five covenants of the Old Testament clearly brings objective truth into view as we willfully accept ownership of being the chosen people in the sixth and final covenant, the new covenant that we all now share in through the body of Christ, his church. There is a lot to be shared as we intentionally and continually move forward in the awareness of the simple answers that can be found in what this chapter shares within the view of the measure in which we measure. I go back to that quite often, don't I, Bill? <laughs> yes, you do. But, uh, you know, it really is beautiful um, how how you go through, and I, I said this before, but how you go through and you share each and every covenant, right? How you Not every. No, not, I know. I, I know not every covenant. We name them, but right. there's three that's focused. Right, I know that. There's purpose placed into the three that's focused so that, again, trying to share the simple answers of how we come to the new covenant. Yes, I agree with yes. you. Yeah. Yes. We touch on them all. Right. And and as you touch on them, uh, I I love how you intentionally and continually move the reader forward, as you said, into a deeper awareness of what that means for them, what that means for their relationship with with God today, because that's really the that's really the bottom line. You know, that when when you look at all of this, when you look at the revealed truth of what Scripture is, uh, and you look at the living tradition of the Church, you know, we can we can compile it all. You know, there can be thousands and billions of books that are written on it. I mean, it's you know, amazing. But what does it mean for you today? is is the question that we're all asking and when, when we encounter scripture what does it mean for us today what does it mean for us when we encounter the living truth how can i be a better husband a better father and that's a question that you really answer in, in throughout this book throughout this book you give people practical tools to be able to live their lives with intention and seeking God. So, so yes, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think it's just, just awesome. Yeah. I just want to place uh, an awareness out there for our brothers and sisters in Christ who have been listening along to this point, for them to now intentionally share in the blessing that we have all been well prepared for in discerning the simple answers that this chapter will share of our placement in the universal church through the Catholic Church's teachings. The tools to ready the journey have now been handed on in the 
traditional authority that they were meant to be handed on in, seen clearly in the New Covenant teachings. Let's choose to look for the simple answers in proper doses within the measure in which we measure as we continue to chip away at our humanity and humility. And let's morally and intentionally choose to reflect well while approaching our brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter where they may be on their path. Now, there's a challenge for us to try to live up to, wouldn't you say? No? <laughs> yeah, that's a big challenge. Uh, definitely a big challenge. Um, and one of the, one of the things that I, I want to um, just, I think, leave listeners with um, and, and leave readers with uh, of the book and kind of give them a little bit more to chew on um, it is this. I think um, that that as you talk about handing handing on the traditional you know, gifts and handing on, you know, looking for simple answers um, because it can be incredibly complex at, at, at times for people. But I, I think one of the biggest things to, to remind men of is that God is on your side. And um, no matter where you are in your faith journey, Recognizing that God is on your side. I, I think Satan likes to remind people. He likes to um, tell people that they're worthless, that they're no good, and that God is not on their side. God loves you. God loves you so much that he does not want to destroy you. He wants you to be with him forever in eternity. That's the reason for all these covenants. That's the reason why God has, has given you his very body, blood, soul, divinity, his very self in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. That's the reason why it's organized the way the church is organized. Because he loves you so much that he wants to be with you forever. And if if you're looking, and he doesn't want to harm you, doesn't want to hurt you. You know, I, I think for young men, that's a, that's a really big thing. You want scriptural proof of that? Um, I'm going to give you just some scriptural proof based on one of those covenants, um, the Old Testament, Testament covenants. Um, the story of Noah proves it. The story of Noah proves it. Uh, God is heartbroken when he, wa when, when he goes and floods the earth. The, the last thing he wants to do is go and flood the earth. And what does he say to Noah at the end of the story? He says, I will not ever do this again. It has broken my heart so much. I don't ever want to do this again to, to, my, to my people. And the rainbow, the rainbow um, is, is the proof of that. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but, but, but think about this. And Jeff Cavins talks about this in his great Bible adventure as, as proof of this. When, when you're, and, and I'm not a um, person who is into archery at all. I, 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 I can barely fire a, a, a bow and arrow myself. But 
the the way the bow is shaped the 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 rope the thing you pull back on to to fire the arrow when you look at a rainbow in the sky where where's the rope the rope is on this side it's on earth it's laying on the earth right if you were to put a put a rope to fire an arrow where would the arrow be pointing the arrow is pointing back up at the heavens so god does not want to hurt his people the next the, the next time the covenant would be broken he he said i am not going to hurt people on earth i'm going to sacrifice my son for you <laughs> and and in in the great bible adventure jeff Caven says that and it just stuck with me and i think you know god is on our side he does not want to harm you, does not want to hurt you. He has plans for you to do great things. And so as, as we chip away at the, at the problems of this world and as we intentionally lead others, remind them that God is on your side and God is on their side. He doesn't want to harm you, doesn't want to hurt you. He only wants to give you the greatest blessing that you can possibly attain, which is life everlasting with him. So that, that's what I want to leave listeners with in this, in this last chapter, uh, Ray. And I, and, I, and, I, and I think it's just so important as we, people go intentionally lead to remind people that God is on your side. He's not against you. He is for you 100% and more. <laughs> I'd like to build on that a little. Um, our past experiences provide us with our potential as we move forward. And, um, you know, as I shared in the past for our intentional listener, um, I was once told that we don't forgive for where the person stands in the moment of the transgression. We forgive for the potential that they have to be the child of God in true reflection. And we should look at our own lives in the same manner. Forgive ourselves for our transgressions and move forward within the potential of being a true witness and a child of God. And when you could accept that you are forgiven and let go of all that baggage that drags you back, all of the chaos that this world confuses you with, and you find the simple answers that this book has led you to in chapter 13, then you can sit quiet and examine your will and choose to make good decisions as you move forward. And each good decision builds on the next. And all of a sudden, your character is changed. And this it's, it's a very simple movement that happens in the moment it's not something we can hope that's going to happen it's not something that we have to look back on we can't do it these changes happen within the moment of living life well approaching things well having good intent towards others reflecting and not mirroring so um yes uh wonderful beautiful absolutely beautiful so um there's a little bit to learn in the tool from chapter 13. Uh, 
the chapter 13 tool is a, a wood level. I chose the wood level for chapter 13, God's grace in the faith-filled family for the manner in which its many uses are simply applied in measuring out true parallel lines. There are many different types of levels and even more ways to use them. My example here is called a spirit level. If you were looking at the image in the book, this example is about two feet long and it has three tubes of spirits available for use in its measurement. When we relate using this example of a common spirit level in a parallel view of God's grace in the faith-filled family, we can find commonplace in our need to hold still and line our eye up with the spirit in its proper use. Simple answers of undeniable truths measured out in parallel lines are to be found for the morally intentional journeyman who has become steadfast in the skills needed for applying well proper use of this tool. The spirit-filled wood level is the last chapter art image in the book. I believe this tool example sums up the book beautifully as it shares undeniable awareness of truth on how to bring two parallel lines together in its simple application. Let's choose to view the two parallels that this spirit-filled tool lines up so beautifully as the spirit and our physical lives. A beautiful image to complete, wouldn't you say, Bill? Just yeah. contemplate this as the two lines lined up of our spirituality and our physical lives. Those two realms that we need to separate keep them separate as two lines that we want to marry up in the spirit level. It, it's so true. It's so true. It, you know, I, I've always looked at one of these levels, you know, uh, <laughs> every once in a while as a kid, you know, uh, working with my mom or dad, hanging a picture on the wall or something like that. And, uh, and yeah, it, I, I've never, um, thought about it as a spirit level I just is you know uh lining up a bubble uh you know to make sure it's it's level but now um yeah what a what a beautiful uh what a beautiful thing I had no idea it was called a spirit level um yeah. and 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 so uh, having to line up our eyes to, to to line up those those lines um are are so important to make things level in our in our life um we we have to line up the spiritual and physical lives um, which which this book does so perfectly. I mean, it, it it's a beautiful thing, and so, yeah, I'm I'm just so so blessed to 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 have this new uh, perspective. <laughs> it's a brand new perspective uh, yep. that I have, um, and, and and maybe when you uh, if you're if you're in any kind of you know position where you're where you're working with your hands or you're or you're using these tools. Uh, you know, this is a good evangelization moment. You know, I mean, I, I, I think I've mentioned before. I, I drive some Uber trips and I take different people around on the in the cars, uh, construction workers and people like that, and you know, have different conversations with people. And uh, this is going to help me and just the evangelization. I had no idea it was a spirit level. So, um, so yeah, beautiful. I'd like to point out, as I briefly mentioned at the end of our last chapter discussion, 
that all of these tools are handed on to us all at the hands of Jesus Christ himself. I would like to take a minute to note the intent that was placed into the artwork and images seen on the cover and in the chapter art by the artist who created them. Take a minute to read about the artists and their work on the website. It's worthy of your effort for the perspective it shares. If you're holding the book, look back to chapter one. You will see the square is shown on a cloth, but not much else can be seen in the image. Now here in chapter 13, you can see that the spirit level is being handed on by the extended out arms of Jesus Christ himself. The view of Jesus's extended arms handing on the tools comes into view slowly throughout the chapters as we have journeyed through the book together. From chapter one, where we are intentionally placed squarely into the masculine journey through to chapter 13 now with our eye on the spirit as God's grace and the faith-filled family now fortifies us. We are now better equipped to willfully choose to hand on these valuable tools of tradition as we continue to use them with humbled, commanding authority as morally intentional journeymen. Strength, not weakness, awaits the worthy soldier who chooses to fight the good fight for the faith and family he comes to love unconditionally. These truths shared will continue to hold us steadfast to the path as we intentionally shoulder up to like-minded brothers in Christ along our journey. The simple truth is that Jesus owns all of the tools and beauty that this world has to offer. We are gifted everything we hold dear to us here in our physical world. Even our ownership as fathers to the families we will be held accountable for is a gift given to us at the hands of our loving father in the new covenant teachings that we all get to share in with him. We need to continually work at being morally intentional in handing on what was entrusted and gifted to us in the tools to ready the journey. Beautiful, no, Bill? Yes, it is. It is so beautiful. Yeah. So um, the next up is going to be the epilogue. And uh, we will tie together all of the chapters in a morally intentional review in that discussion, preparing us well for the final discussion of a final call to action, what is truth. I am so looking forward to that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, and and I just, you know, thank you for, for this, this, this amazing journey. And listeners, uh, do not... Uh, stop here you know listen to the last two uh podcasts and uh read of course the book i mean I, you know i i keep saying that but uh i also keep meaning it you know uh it, it, read the book the, this is a this is a great tool guide um and as much as you know our discussion might be uh entertaining and, and helping you um and informing you uh, which is the goal of all, you know, media like this to entertain, inform, and, and uh, you know, inspire you and, and whatnot. I mean, that's the goal of it. But the the idea is that it's also to form you well, and you can't do that uh, by by just listening to a podcast. You also need the written word. Uh, 
you got to delve into this and, and take the time to take this stuff to heart. So, um, you know, really, really help us by reading the book and help yourself um, by by reading the book along with it. Um, you, you, you help us by reading the book because you can delve into the discussions in a deeper way on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, you can... You can help uh, join these different discussion groups and get involved with the ministry. You help us when you read the book um, by by being able to, and then in turn, in, in turn, we're able to help each other and we're able to help you. Um, so th- that's how this works, you know. Um, delve into it fully uh, and be 100% intentional with it. And, and then as we continue to go uh, on this journey together, uh, we're able to, uh, look and help you. Uh, we're able to look and help you along your journey, and you're able to help us. And that's what this is all about, Ray. So uh, I'm so excited for the epilogue. I'm so excited for the uh, final call to action. Uh, I think "What is truth" is one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite quotes in the whole Bible. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, wrapping this up is going to be a uh, honor and beauty. Uh, so thank you so much for this. Yes. Strength, not weakness, is found here in chapter 13 as we uh, truly shared in fellowship. Uh, I hope that my image of shouldering up um, becomes part of the will of the intentional listener, because without shouldering up like-minded men, we can't do this alone. I've said in the past, even Jesus Christ himself needed the apostles to carry forward and hand on and that's how we were all given this through apostolic secession. So yes, thank you so much for this time of fellowship. You are appreciated and loved by me. <laughs> Amen. Same, same here. Same here. Uh, well, until next time, for both Ray and myself, be intentional. You've been listening to Tools to Ready the Journey, presented by Breadbox Media. For more information about this ministry to young men, visit trjfathersguide.com or search for TRJ Father's Guide on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tools to Ready the Journey is a production of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about how Patchwork Heart Ministry can support your ministry, visit patchworkheart.org. I feel silly trying to make up prayers myself. My mind starts to wander as I'm speaking to God. I just don't have time to pray. Do you recognize yourself in any of these statements? If so, we have a book for you. In Pray Fully, best-selling authors Michelle Fanley and Emily Jaminet share the rewards and frustrations of their own prayer journeys to create a practical guide that combines testimonies, tips, and journaling space to help you spend quality time with God. Whether you want to learn how to pray aloud in a group or stop your mind from wandering during prayer, Fanley and Jaminet have practical advice and the real-life experience to help you overcome obstacles to everyday prayer. Head over to AveMariaPress.com and use code LEARN2PRAY. That's Learn the number two, pray, to get 20% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee 
delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Redbox Media. Experience coffee like never before.